you if you we were on the battlefield, okay, and you know we're into a tour and we've got seven guys lost, and we're repeatedly telling each other every single day, uh, seven people have died now. Um, this is how bad it is. Or we keep replaying it in the news. We keep seeing um, videos of people getting trauma treatment on the tables in, in Camp Bastion getting mended. If we were watching that 24-7, do you think we would be able to operate to the high levels we could in war? We have to check how much we're letting in here because that absolutely has an immediate impact on our ability to cope. Commando Mindset. Let's start by saying thank you because mm. this pod has been doing damn well. So many of you listening, we love all your messages um, and we really appreciate it. And so we're back. We are. We're I, back. I think really important with that as well. When we did this last time, we bulk recorded. <clears throat> and so we didn't actually have any listeners. We were talking yeah. to people which were like, hey, listeners, but they kind of didn't exist at the time, did they? And now we know we're talking to a lot of people. So thank you yeah massive thank you yeah i think the growth has been mental really since what march when we first released it can we use the word mental i don't know if that's allowed anymore it's it's fine on this (laughs) because there's no like after there's no like secondary words just like mental yeah it's mental it's mental it's rad I'm so 90s. Yeah, you are, aren't you? I'm, I'm still stuck in the 90s. Everyone's feeling a bit socially awkward because we haven't had time yeah. to converse with other people. And yeah, it's but that's been... my norm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, We're all just Tomos now. <laughs> We're just all like Tomo. <laughs> Smooth. Uh, yeah, we could do like a, a rating scale. <laughs> Fuck the Nando's rating. On a scale of one to Tomo, how socially awkward are you right now? <laughs> Zero being Tomo. How much have you forgotten to interact with people? <laughs> It is strange, but it's so nice to see you both again. And it does it does feel weird, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it feels um It was. Well, when we first it. when we first like met up this morning we didn't actually know what to say to each other, did we? No, I had to sit in the back, two meter distance. We we were really <laughs> You th- drove with him in the back seat? Yeah, you, yeah. I love you guys. That's you know, so cute. Do you know what the real the weird I felt like a chauffeur. Yeah. Um what was really weird though is we were really looking forward to it. We were like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be like loads of banter and stuff like that in the car and then there was just like Two minutes of, ah, oh, yeah, and then nothing happened. It's awkward. Mm. Well, it's mm. like, it's habits, isn't it? We're changing habits. We're all a bit introverted. Well, I think it's because we've actually been spending the last nine weeks speaking to yeah. kids. Like six yeah, and all just speaking old. to you via a screen. Yeah, so it's quite weird to interact with, you know, an adult who's not your wife, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, because you guys have still been busy. Tell me what you guys have been doing. There's some awesome webinars and stuff like that. Been doing a lot of things. Go on. Uh, what you've just said. We've been doing a lot of webinars. <laughs> yeah. More of these. Yeah. What are the webinars? Uh, so plug. Uh, okay. Can we plug? Yeah. Oh, no, we've been doing... Right, hang on. Right. So on. that was like the most terrible lead up to a plug <laughs> ever. I said, what have you been doing? We've been doing a number of things, <laughs> which are just things. Like... Dude, that's And how... then Layla has to tell us to plug. That's how <laughs> socially awkward we've got is we can't even plug our own stuff on our own podcast now it's literally like we've been can we can we say what we've been doing yeah we've been doing webinars <laughs> i Go don't on. know what tell everyone what we're doing all right fine we've been doing six-week webinars um for some cool companies uh some pretty big companies you know <clears throat> i love the way I've you look at a, each other and I, shake I, your heads i no, don't know don't what the rules are. are i literally looked around to see if i could say what i was about to say and i got a, a shake of the head no so <laughs> What, mate, maybe you should do this because I don't know the rules as per usual. Yeah. 
Well, we've been working with a number of giants for the last few weeks. Actually, going online for us has been was something we originally wanted to do in the first place later on in the year. And then COVID came along and was like, by the way, pack up your kit, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, you're all going to stay home for a while. Um, so like everyone, uh, a lot of work got, luckily for us, it's been postponed. We lost some work, um, which was unfortunate. I think we spoke about it on the last podcast as well. Um, so yeah, but that, but that, that was, you know, that's going to come with what's happened and you can't part of the tarot tree. And we, uh, we yeah, thought on our feet a little bit more and thought, let's go digital. And, um, one thing we did was go more B2C. So we're working one-on-one coaching, doing online webinars with people, which some I know have been listening to his podcast as well, which has been brilliant. Um, and doing like personal development stuff during this period. I think another rewarding part was doing stuff with the NHS as well. So working people directly in the NHS to support them on the front line, just to have even just someone to moan to about what's going on. Um, so it's been really interesting, but my God, it's nice to get out of the house and get away from the yeah. screen because I think I've developed something which probably isn't known yet as screen syndrome. Oh, wow. You're yeah. inventing a screen uh, yeah. syndrome. I've got screen syndrome. Wow. Which I have to isolate I, I, away from I the house. I feel like I can relate. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What are the symptoms? Um, my eyes glare from the computer screen. Oh, uh, yeah. You wear sunglasses yeah, at uh, night. <laughs> there's a real... <laughs> I actually have bought, he's mm. teasing me because I bought these anti-glare glasses. So you've been doing some work with the NHS mm. and helping out people on the front line. What kind of things are you helping them with and what, what tools are you giving them? I'd love to know. So a, a lot, well, in the last series, we're talking a lot about the ARA strategy and, and that's predominantly what we've been using of late is mm. helping people just understand the adversity. And I think a massive part of adversity is acknowledging it, which is something we've sp- spoke about before. Um, acknowledge what's going on and acknowledge how you feel and that will help you get through a situation um, I, we, we've not experienced something like this ourselves I suppose the comfort is that coming from you know life in the military you're quite well adapted to dealing with adversity and, and horrible situations and we've basically for the NHS directly provided service to you know one-on-one coaching people just to give them an hour or so to moan cry laugh whatever it is and actually there's been not too much of a strict format in how we're dealing with them it's just allowing people to go fuck me it's difficult or or in some cases some people have said well it's come to nothing and i'm Mm -hmm. sort of waiting um and so it's been really interesting to see what it's like at the coalface for people but Mm -hmm. i think in it's just been nice to support people who you know might need something emotionally sorry real quick emotionally is there a pattern or a um repeated feeling that you're getting from these people on the front line Mm. well i found that a lot of people are getting very very frustrated with what everybody else is doing and how they're not contributing to the overarching piece in which we all need to contribute to um even though even though and you know it's it's like always before this we were always looking at the things uh and i have lost my train of thought wow so, he's wow. long gone wow I need, to, I need some i need to mate you need some social interaction i do I you're really suddenly do. this is a terrible real view into the future though because isn't i think it? a lot of people are going to be like that i feel stumbly with my words today it's weird isn't it god bless i'm, I'm annoyed i'm annoyed the fact that we've got loads of five stars and then one four star and now we're probably going to have a two and a three <laughs> Yeah, you know, what I was going to say was, as we miss the good things underneath our nose most of the time, and therefore I think a lot of people have been missing the things that people have been doing. However, because mm. 
the things that are uh, you know people haven't been doing have been widely publicized we're now all of our attention is focused on those things yeah uh, and therefore that seems to have drawn everybody else into so this is how I want to start this podcast because although it's like a coronavirus update um, in this episode, I think it's really important that we express that this um, that our focus is giving you the tools to deal with unexpected changes in the best way you can. We're not giving coronavirus advice. We're not. We're just giving you the tools to make your own decisions. We're humans too, and we may in conversation express our opinions, but that's merely our opinion. You create your own opinion. Take the tools that we gift you, and feel free to leave our opinions behind. Um, we are not coronavirus doctors, and we're not talking about coronavirus we're talking about how you can deal with the situation we are in right now um agreed firstly guys how are you guys doing in dealing with the situation because obviously you guys have been trained essentially to adapt to new situations but this is something you guys haven't been through before well i think you know the reality is this is our first exposure post the pandemic and it's clearly well for me incredibly awkward (laughs) because I've lost my words yeah I was looking at you intently both your eyes and I was like yeah I still don't know what I'm talking about but maybe if I look further into your eyes maybe I can actually come back to it but so yeah missing social social interaction is missing practice as well right big big practice because all you all we've been doing literally I think all we've been doing is basically we had a load of digital stuff planned uh for like Ben said for post the business um, element art we were doing a lot of business interactions you know going physically delivering and stuff like that and we had a load of things planned so we just brought all of that work left but we've thrown ourselves into that because it we've had to so we haven't perhaps done it with as much preparation as what we thought we were going to have and maybe that's a good thing maybe that is a good thing but all we've been doing lately is literally talking to people through a screen mm. and now when I'm here and we're obviously two meters apart looking at each other it's a very, very different... It's it's weird. Is it weird or is it just no, me? No, you're right. And I think it's really important that we all get a chance to sort of go, it's not the same. Because people are like, oh, but thank God it's a time where we have FaceTime and we have this and it is a blessing that we are able to do all these ways of communicating in Zoom and house party, but it's not the same. Um, I've been interviewing people in my work via online and it's not the same. And, and people miss their family even though they get to see them on FaceTime every day. It's just not the same. And that's okay that you feel that way. I think it's weird that you turned up just wearing your pants. <laughs> and got used to that, have you? <laughs> just sat there doing meetings in in a shirt and pants. Bollocks. I've done that so much. What? Being like I, well, half naked from pajama, the waist down? More pajama bottoms. Yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. Good. Very relaxed. Look, there are some positives, right? People are enjoying yeah. some elements of it. And I think that's okay to say as well. Quite a few people are scared to say like, mm. I quite like being at home. I quite like oh, having time I do. off. Thank you. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it. But one of the things that I've noticed, I've connected. Do you know what's actually happened? Is I've connected with my old group of friends from when I was a when yeah, I was a massively. Yeah, I have a lot. But That's nice. we've been on the Zoom call, and obviously, when you're in a in a social circle, like physically there, you can have different conversations with di- different people. But when you're on Zoom, everyone's like, hey, which, uh, and, uh, which is what you're like now. Uh, which yes, exactly. I tell you what, though, I I'm sick to death of quizzes. Oh really? I'm, I'm, I'm like, do I'm you know a single one? Haven't you? Oh, I didn't send you the invites. You didn't get invited. Um, well, if you ask how people are, you get invites. Um, <laughs> I, I noticed a few things. So my prediction for after this pandemic of what's going to happen is we're going to have a huge OCD problem. Mm. Um, 
and we're all going to have this really pointless shit general knowledge. <laughs> Everyone's going to have really, yeah, yeah, a ton of general Where knowledge about like, shit we don't need. I don't know what to do within my role, but I do know what bridge crosses. Because <laughs> <laughs> of all the quizzes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but it's, um, I think uh, for me, it's it's been an opportunity to actually connect properly with my children as well. Um, and, and my wife, especially, like we've been on the road for oh, a year, like, yeah, probably more than that. Relentlessly, not like every week, obviously, but, you know, you're on the road. Life seems like it's on the road. Hotel rooms are very normal and interacting with a lot of businesses and you're spending a lot of time with people you, you don't really know. Um, and it's all for a reason, you know, it's all to make our life better to ensure that our children have great lives that we can you know buy our wives what they want to buy but for me it's been actually i haven't been putting off teaching zach to ride his bike but it's not been the best opportunity to do it week one of the pandemic two days no stabilizers and he's riding his bike and which has made the pandemic nicer because we can go out riding together that's so cool and that's why i I you know we're going to talk about during this episode there's a lot of hearsay there's a lot of fact there's a lot of fiction there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of worry there's a lot of fear but within our own circles speaking from mm. personal experience i know thomas sound uh, i'm sure you are Layla, as well is it's actually been a fantastic opportunity to do the little things right and enjoy those moments that we were neglecting or not neglecting but distracted by the bigger things trying to build what we're trying to build and then you get those the, actually the bigger yeah. things is on the doorstep at home I, I think that i think that's like um a massive massive point is you know having spoken to people and obviously reflecting upon our own things is i know a lot of people are asking themselves a question have what i've been working towards been has that been the most important thing am i on the right path that yeah. so or now obviously we've had this period of of inaction this period to just sit down reflect reflect and say right okay where actually am i did all those things that i was doing before actually matter as much as i thought they did or do the things have i overlooked have i missed some of the things that i should have been doing it's with a, those things balance it's you know. a reset a pause yeah mm. it helps you think about those things i want to go back to um what you were saying the nhs workers that you've been talking to one of the main things they've been um, complaining about in a way is frustration um, mm. frustration at how other people are acting frustration at the country I think a lot of people are feeling frustration no matter what you believe or what your where your mindset is at there's a frustration in either the politics or at Boris or at the the pandemic itself there's a, a lot of frustration being carried around Fr- frustration 100% I don't know if you've experienced this but I've noticed with all of the people I've spoken to uh, there's a significant amount of frustration with the leadership in their organisations. I'm not talking about political leadership. I'm talking about leadership within their organisations. Someone's boss. Yes. Think, yeah. Yeah. What's key to remember, though, and pinch ourselves with is everyone's frustrated, like you said, everyone's frustrated about something. So people are frustrated at Boris and then there's those people who are frustrated at those people who are frustrated with Boris because mm. they think he's made... But then they're frustrated at something. Everyone is frustrated. Mm. And when you try and pin the topics of what people are frustrated on... For me, that doesn't sit well. It's just, it's almost this acceptance of like, yeah, we're all quite pissed off. How how do we deal with that? And how do you in the military, like there must've been a time where you're going ahead and doing something that your commander would have asked you to do that you're not necessarily 100% behind. 
Oh, <laughs> looking at each other. Is this my how moment? How do you <laughs> how do you manage that? You. I'll tell you how. I think. Well, it's different because because you've got you've got military law and you've got civilian law. So when you, you know when you sign up to the military, there are elements of the job which you're going to have to conduct, even though in yourself you're like, is that a hundred percent? However, for me, I was fortunate enough in my military career to not experience that. Okay. Too too often, if at all. Nothing nothing rings out to me right now where I go, oh my God. The that reason the I ask you this is because, you know, sometimes you have to do things. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are maybe having to soon go back to work and they don't feel comfortable about it yet, but they have to because financially, you know, and sometimes there are other things that make you do something you don't necessarily believe, agree or want to do. And there are people out there making decisions or not able to make the decision. How do you follow through with something you don't necessarily agree with? I don't know. The only thing I can relate that to is going on tour the second time. Ouch, that was my ankle. Was that uh, your ankle? That yeah. was loud. Honestly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I got kicked out of the military for. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, um, he walked into the secret locations clicking. Yeah. <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the game right that's away. Tommy, you got to leave, mate. Yeah. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Off into the distance. Uh, that's where we laugh but it's actually the reason <laughs> your military career was ended yeah. of, oh god clicky god. Tom yeah clicky Tom uh, I once got a um, nickname on tour Tony Two Plates because I would always have two plates of dinner oh side wow note. side note <laughs> carried that on through COVID-19 uh, as well what <laughs> I gotta tell you this right we speak regularly like obviously we're business partners we're still running our business and we're talking more now than ever and every time I ring him, he's eating. Oh, really? And, and and we would talk. So we have these chats where I'd ring and then we'd spend probably two two or three hours on the phone talking um, ideas, strategies and all stuff. And so he would pick up the phone like, all right, all right buddy. And then and we'd have our chat. And then his next meal would begin at the end of the conversation. <laughs> so within the time we've been talking, he managed to get two or three meals in. Dude, are you struggling with self-discipline? Like, I'm so hench these days. It's because uh, it's he's working out a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, so much working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to rinse your credibility in this yeah. one episode. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Integrity is like virginity and I've just lost it. <laughs> um, so the first time I went on tour, I was slightly naive and I couldn't wait to get out there. And I was very much looking forward to it. Then in the time between my first tour and my second tour, my friend Dickie died. And there was a significant, significant uplift in IEDs. So when you asked me the question earlier about you have to do the things and you're scared to sometimes go out there, I was actually and honestly more fearful the second time I went out there, even though the role that I was was going to conduct was, shall we say, not on the front line as much as what it was the first time I went out. I was more fearful because of the things that I was witnessing, i.e. the information, the knowledge uh, of the IED threats. And by that time, the second time I went out there, the knowledge of, you know, Afghan National Police, Afghan National Army dressing up, uh, sorry, Taliban dressing up as Afghan National Army, Af- Afghan National Police to then target people inside our camp. So the threat was in the camp all the times. And I think there is definitely a linkage threat in the camp um, yeah. to what we're going through right now. Yeah. And so how did you deal with that? Because you still went. 
we still went because, and I must say that I think the reason was is because I had a great purpose. It's something that I wanted to fulfill. I wanted to do it. I wanted to go and play my part. I felt, I've always felt, and probably Ben's felt like this, because I never used to contribute as much as I perhaps I wanted to in my time when I was screwing around, you know, 16, 19 years old. I was really messing things up. I was being a bit of an arse. I feel indebted to pay that back to people. So people who... A sense are, of service, if I'm honest. Yeah, a sense of service, which is probably really important right now too. So for people who are having to go back to doing a job that they're not necessarily comfortable with or having to, you know, even some people are really like struggling to go to the supermarket because like, they just don't feel safe. You're kind of saying, find the inspiration behind why you're doing it. Like even if it is just the money, like you have to go for the money because the money gets you your food on your table. No, Focus on that? No, I don't think that's strong enough. How? I don't think that's strong enough. I don't think that, you know, because you, you've got, and I can only work from a job. You know, we all need to go to the supermarket to eat. You know, we have to eat. Everyone has to go and do all that stuff. But when you go back to work, when you go and do the job thing, you have to ask yourself, is this something, am I on the right path here? You know, we spoke about it before yes. the pod. You have to choose your path. Now is a good opportunity to choose your path. I chose my path. I knew what I wanted to do up until the point I was told I can't do it anymore because of my injury. Clicky me. You know, uh, so therefore I needed to re redefine my purpose, which is what I'm doing, which is what we're doing right now on this podcast, for example. You know, I feel a sense of purpose. I feel a sense of service. That's just who I am and what I'm about. So I think through this period is a, is, a, is an opportunity to reflect on you and say, what's my purpose? What am I about? What do I want to contribute to? And I think this, you know, purpose, I said to someone uh, a few months ago, I was like, stop looking at purpose because they're like, I struggle with my purpose. I struggle with my purpose will just re redefine it as your contribution what's my contribution and to, and to what what do i want to contribute what's important to me is this job part of my contribution to whatever it is that i want to do in my life nice it's we've been talking a lot uh recently with people you know the, the ice model that we built and we spoke about in one of the first episodes and finding your inspiration and building on that courage and taking them steps is something that we've been really working with people on recently because um it is incredible to hear the amount of people which were quite filled with regret during COVID-19 so come away from the pandemic and let's look at individuals a lot of people we spoke to said oh I wish I did this before the pandemic you know normal is mm -hmm. not going to be the same and uh, it goes all the way back to what we you know what we spoke about one of the episodes about Bronnie Ware's book five regrets are dying why do we leave it all the way to the end to go oh shit I wish I did this um and it's been really interesting and, and you know we've not run a case study but it would have been quite interesting to run a case study to now see how many people have gone do you know what i'm actually going to go and do something for myself and i think there's this there's this real sort of covid's horrible but what it's done is caused for many people a huge wake-up call to go why was i fighting so much to be in that role that i don't even like yeah. you know and the purpose and the reason is completely unaligned to what they truly really want in their life and that might be a physical thing you know there's there is um let's get the elephant out of the room when it comes to fact and fiction there's clearly covid is attributed to many health things and one of those is obesity and a number of people we spoke to have gone i wish i wasn't so overweight during this period and i wish i was fitter why do you wait right into the moment when it's crunch time mm. that we then go i wish i was fitter you know this is um this is where that sort of that, by the way go on then. i've been listening i've been reading sorry listening to a book called when so there's so many books out there. This is a, when is a book by Daniel H. Pink, phenomenal, phenomenal book, and um, it's there's so many books out there 
talking about how you do things, how I, how I become a better entrepreneur, how I do this, how I get lose weight, how, how. But there are very few books which actually look at when. Oh, when do point. I do this? And what he says in this book, which just completely like woke up in my brain as you were, as you were talking there, is why do people leave things so late? Is because they don't know when the timing is going to end. They don't know when the end of the limit is. They don't know when the time limit ends. He says in this book that if you look across um, Premiership football, the amount of goals that are scored within the last few minutes of injury time, as in they, you know, it's draw, 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 or they're losing and then they become, you know, then they score enough goals to obviously win the game. Yeah. Far outweighs the amount of goals scored throughout any other duration of time in all of the, in all in the entire match. Because they know the time is they, coming and, to an and end. And time limits are so, so important. So if we knew this was coming, we knew we had to get um, fit to be prepared. And this is all about preparation. This is all about everything that we talk about. We always act like we're ready to... Like so many people lose weight for a wedding exactly. or for a purpose, for a thing. There's a time limit on things because you know so you've you got to get fit. you think we perform better if we give ourselves time 100%. Limits. And this is why, what I spoke to you about earlier, about identifying an end state. Yeah. Because we know it's going to end there. So we're going to get busy and people don't do enough action because they don't know when things are going to finish. It, it, it aligns to what we were posing the question of right when this happened, within the first few weeks when we were talking to businesses and, and you know, working out our own survival plan. You know, how do we get through this? Um, but it was that who's being reactive and who's being proactive and reactive states like you see so many businesses at the moment which have gone into a reactive state and they i think they kind of suddenly realize oh we we are spread too thin and that agile way of thinking has almost become too agile and it's come a bit in quite a few businesses on the arse and 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 just so uh we're all we're all on the same level is we've gone through exactly the same thing as everyone else we're, yeah. we're a slightly smaller business and you've got your own business and stuff going on and everyone's i remember someone a uh, bit back at me during the early period of doing this. I can't remember where they're from. And if I remember, I would mention anyway. But someone said, yeah, but it's all right for you. You know, I've got, someone said, I've got a family and kids. It was through social media, I think. I think it was a direct message. Um, I've got kids, I've got a mortgage and I've got this and I've got that. And I was like. Like we don't. Yeah, I've got two children. I've got two cars. I've got a mortgage and I've got a business. And I'm also looking at this situation going, fucking hell, when will it end? Yeah. You know, but what I've done is what Tomo's done and what you've done is gone. Be proactive rather than reactive. You know, don't get caught up in the now situation going, oh, well, how do I fix what's happening in this immediate moment? Look forward, you know, all right, this isn't good, but we're strong enough to get through the situation. Adapt, as we talk about all the time, adapt to the situation, accept it's happened and adapt. And then look forward. We're, all right, what can we build from this? And who can we help along the way? And what we will be, what will we be like when we come out of this? And I keep saying it to people again and again and again doesn't matter what version of yourself you came into this pandemic, can you come out of this pandemic a better version of yourself than you went in? You know, that could just be personal investment. It makes no sense to me for anyone to come out of this the same person they went in. Like, it just wouldn't be right from, you know, thinking about long game for the planet, for your health, for, you know, a million different reasons. We need to learn something from this. We have to. It's the nice things as well, isn't it? I think everyone jumps straight to the sort of na nasty and negative things but equally 
right, when I come out of this, I know I need to have more time for my children. You yeah. know, I, I know I need to buy my wife flowers more often and all these little things that were neglected because of the rush of life has taken us past and, and you just get caught on the train. Um, so I think for me, it's coming out of this going, yeah, actually... You know, I'm not going to chase my phone so much. What you're saying is about looking at where you're proactive and looking at where you're reactive. Add in your when theory of like actually giving yourself time limits because we perform better towards the end of a time limit. It makes so much sense to actually, I want to go home and write down what am I doing that's reactive? What am I doing that's proactive? And what can I put some time limits on? One of the big things you guys were telling me that a lot of people are frustrated in about, and I see that completely in my life as well, not even just with the NHS frontline workers, but with my neighbors and my friends and my mom and me is when they're focused on what everyone else is doing. So we're really quite, you know, it's media absolutely is loving posting pictures of people at the beach and how many people on the tube and making everyone focus on what everyone else is doing, everyone else is doing. And I know, Ben, you have um, a story to tell us that helps us understand how unimportant that could be. Do you remember um, Do you remember the London riots? Yes. In 2011? Yeah. Where were you? Um, well, I was at home. I, I always ask that question. There's always someone who yeah, says they're in curries with a TV. <laughs> no, I was at home and I remember because I used to live near Croydon. Um, ah, and there was near some the big furniture riots. shop. Yeah. Nicking I not, Yeah, but I wasn't living there at the time. I'd moved out maybe about four months ago. So, mm. yeah, I saw photos of shit happening real close where, to where I lived. Where were you? I think I was at home. Chilling. Yeah. Staring where, at the news. Where were you, listeners? Ask yourself where you were. Because... Um, obviously put dates together everyone's it's not, not hard to guess we were in Afghanistan at the time uh, and so the riots stretched from the 6th to the 11th of August I think that's the date wise that was a major riot yeah it? major yeah. riots when it kicked off and um, on the 6th of August uh, he, I didn't know him but uh, a Marine James Wright was killed just down the road from our patrol base um, and whether whether you know someone or don't know him within the Marines, when someone's killed, it's it's still like a brother's been taken away. So the the moods felt across the entire battle space that someone's been killed, and it's just another. It was just another notch on the Taliban's belt. Another life. I think he was like the fifth or sixth from the unit alone, and across the battle space was way more than that. And um, young lad, career ahead of him. And you immediately get drawn into that. And I know guys which were working with him, really close mates who I passed out of training with. And you think of them straight away who had to deal with him there and then on the spot. And it's just, it always comes to you that way of thinking like, oh, another lad's gone. And when any when you sign the dotted line to join up, you accept that that's part of the risk. And I've said this time and time again, and I know Tom will back me up, is don't expect to not see it. Don't expect to not hear it. Don't expect to not be around those horrible experiences. So you are primed. You are, although when it happens, it's not nice. You do find ways to get through it and begin to think with clarity, which we're talking about. But um, if you put the dates together, the 6th of August is when James was killed. The 6th of August was when the riots started. We didn't know about the riots until the 7th. And we had this shitty little telly in our fob or patrol base, sorry. And like one of them ones you have to literally bang it to start it. And we would get 
we would receive news from BFPS Radio, which was broadcasted from Camp Bastion, which would basically live feed BBC News 24. So one of the only channels we could really get was BBC News 24. Um, and I remember it was just like a normal morning. We, uh, everyone knows, unfortunately, a Marine's been killed the day before. But one of the, one of the things you kind of do is go and tune into the media. You know, there's, uh, I can't say what it's called, but there's this sort of network lockdown when someone's fatally uh, killed or, or have, uh, really badly injured or in an incident happens that all media gets locked down. So you don't really actually can't really see anything and you can't call home and all that happens. Um, but I think that just lifted. I think that had just lifted. And we, we, I basically went and got a cup of tea, a lukewarm cup of tea because I don't have a hot cup of tea out there and um, walked into his TV area and one of the lads was already watching the TV and I just happened to say, I was like, oh, has James's um, name been on the news yet? And he was like, nah, mate, it was all this fucking shit. Have a look at this. And we had a look and it was like London was burning. Mm. Um, and, and then a few more lads joined and were like, what's this? Uh, and then you watch and you kind of understand and unfold and the story unfolds that London is rioting and then... I think Birmingham was joining in as well. There's a few cities which sort of joined in with it, didn't they? And um, the reason I say is when you sign on the dotted line to expect, you know, expect the inevitable that's going to happen in warfare is because you're ready for that. What you're not ready for is the feeling of your country's forgotten you. Mm. And that when there is such a raw feeling of wasted of life as well, the day before, for young Marines whose life's been taken serving his country it really deepens the wound of no one gives a fuck at all. And obviously that's a very blanket statement. And of course, there's many people at home who do care, but it seemed like no one cared. And it seemed all so negative and that there was no mention of James. There's no mention of how the troops are getting on in Afghanistan. It's London's rioting. That's it. And for me, I remember thinking we've lost control on our streets. What the fuck is the point of us even being here? We can't even get a grip back home. Um, and I remember sort of walking back to the tent in the right grump as well, like just head down, morale down, cup of tea, probably cold by that point, walking in. And uh, I think it, someone mentioned it in the tent. I was like, has anyone seen the news? The fucking hell, it's kicking off back at home. It looks shit, London's writing and all this stuff. And then it just sort of exploded, lads were arguing. And um, then then the, the odd comment, comments started coming out. Well, I'm not going out on patrol. Why should we? Why should we? You know, why should I go out on patrol? And those... I suppose they're, they're right at the time. Mm. They're right to say, but they're, they're the wrong approach. Um, and I remember one of the commanders just level-headed was like, lads, you're fucking going out on patrol. All right, you're here to do a job. Stop moaning about what's going on back at home. But that doesn't affect you. That's like, oh, whatever. And you don't say anything, but in your head you're thinking, fuck off. Can't be asked. I'm going to risk my life and get forgotten. Anyway, so uh, we, we did end up going out on patrol. Um and uh, in fact, one of the statements which was said in that tent was, remember who you are and what you're here to do. But I think that still fell a little bit on deaf ears. And everyone was just still like a bit annoyed. Um, but we went out on patrol that evening for what was to be a reassurance patrol, which means going to the local village near our patrol base. And uh, it was a low, e low light early evening sort of patrol as well. So it's quite a nice feeling. The air's cooler. And we got into the village and there was people out in the, you know, the women were in the streets, um, men were farming, children were playing and positive atmospherics. So 
when people are around, it's a clear indicate the Taliban aren't around. And you get that feeling of, oh, everything's all right here. Um, but I still, I remember having this chip on my shoulder. So it's been it's been a long tour up to this point and we'd already lost people and, you know, some nasty things had happened. And uh, I took a knee next to a compound where we when we stopped and had this tap on the shoulder and turned around and it was just like this grubby little local girl. She's probably seven years old, Max. Um, and she just put her hand out she went, chocolate? And uh, I always say this to people, I didn't have any chocolate on me. There's a reason you don't carry chocolate in the desert. Um, I was like, no. And I replied to I didn't even like give her like a good look. I just I sort of just turned my head and begrudgingly went, no. And that was it. Carried on looking the way I should have been looking. Taps me on the shoulder again. Chocolate. I was like, no, fuck off. Like that was it. Just over my shoulder. Just fuck off. Go away. Chocolate. Like banging me on my shoulder. And I did like flash around a bit. I was like, go away in a more blunt manner. And then I, I kind of looked at her for a second, just managed to glimpse her. And she was just staring at me with almost innocence. And it dawned on me that um, a week before that, outside one of our other bases, literally mind our own, our own business inside the base, having, I think I was having dinner at the time. There was a big explosion outside the gate, probably about 200 metres away. Ten minutes later, a farmer turns up at the gate with a wheelbarrow and his daughter's in the wheelbarrow. And he's like, do something, please do something, please do something. And you see all these young Marines and these young medics who who are 20s, you know, young 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds coming together, knowing, looking at her in the wheelbarrow and knowing straight away, but still do something, still go through the process to try at least and 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 try and make the situation lighter only for the, the father to say, we are trying to do something here and put her on a helicopter and we'll send her back to Camp Bastion you know, that, that's what we're here to do as British troops. We're here to help people. Um, and that was, a, that was a real relevant point there for myself where I was looking at this girl who had just spent, you know, a couple of minutes telling to fuck off. All she wants is chocolate. Um, and, the week, and, it, and her face reminded me of that same girl, that seven-year-old week before who was just lifeless in the face, that we're here to do something no matter what goes on back at home. We're here to make a difference. Um, and everyone's got their own opinions of the Afghan war. When 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 you filled the boots and held the rifle, then you can have an opinion. Until that point, you don't know what it's like, and it's not what you think it's like. It's about helping to protect the people at the time. Um, and her the the dead girl's uh, face just flashed into my my mind, and I saw her on this girl looking at me, and I kind of looked at the floor a little bit pissed off with myself again. I was like, Dick, you got sweets on you. And then I took them out and they're jelly babies. They're all mushed into one anyway. I was like, there we go. Gave her a few. She like rammed them in her mouth. It was instantly wired. Uh, I was like, go on and have some more. She took the bag. <laughs> I was like, off you go then. And then she started taking the pens out of my, ospre- out my uh, chest plate. And I was like, yeah, you can have a pen. Gave her a pen. Then she tried taking the grenade. I was like, fuck off. Right. <laughs> Man, draw the line at grenade. Draw the line at grenade. And um, it didn't really dawn on me too much I think until I've really reflected on it properly but I know I was thinking it at the time that for the half an hour we were there or 40 minutes we were there in the streets she was safe or as safe as she could be you know 12 maybe 14 heavily armed marines in the patrol uh, anyone who takes us on in the area we were in which we knew 
um, we'd, we'd have a good go at dealing with them quite hard. So they never really attacked when it was kind of in when civilians were around. And so she was safe. And then her brother was running up and down the street, this dusty street, kicking a flat football, just smiling. And so if you think if she's seven and the, the time we've been at that war is around nine, ten years, like she was brought up in this war zone. She's been brought up in war battles, the Marines, the army, the Taliban, people knocking on the door at night, you know, these horrible things. And so for me, it was realizing that just for 30 to 40 minutes, if I do my job well, she can be a child again. And that means we're just tiny little cogs. I, I'm just a tiny little cog in a small little group of men where each cog does the right thing, we become more efficient, more effective. Now, if each of those groups of men and women across the country did the same thing at the same time, we have a huge impact on the local population. And for me, that's what anything, anyway, I am a cog. I believe myself to be a cog all times. You know, we, we double up as little cogs here, him and me uh, and our little team. But in society now more than ever, we have to be these really small, efficient cogs. So we can moan and we can be frustrated at all we want. You know, you can moan at the London riots happening back at home, but they ain't going to do anything for you on the ground right now. That's the war zone attitude for me. Right now, you can do your two meter rule. You can put your face mask on, you can wash, you can stay at home if you have symptoms. You can ensure you're not complacent. You can be vigilant. You can do all the right things within your control. But you have to remind yourself and, and equally you have to remind yourself that be that efficient cog, not that broken cog. Because if we're all efficient cogs, the machine will be better. And we will beat this fucking beast. That's how we'll do it. Would you say that when your focus wasn't in the moment and in your role there, when your focus was at the riots at home, then your behaviors and your actions there made you, I guess, like in your own words, less efficient? Yeah, well, uh, it, not not through actions, I suppose. I, you go out even before she tapped me on the shoulder. I still do my job properly. Um, but her tap on the shoulder brought me down to earth a little bit more, reminded me. But it's, it's not on the battlefield. It was in the tent. You know, mm. oh, fuck this. Why should we do this? That's the wrong attitude. That rat wrong attitude then can cause complacency or can get you to do the wrong things at the wrong moments. So... It takes good leadership to go, lads, get your head in the game because we're going out there. I'm sure that's so relevant because I'm sure there are some so many people who are like, well, if all those people are going to the beach, then why the fuck am I at home? Right? Yeah, there is that. You were going to say something, you know? No. Okay, good. Brilliant. I'm glad no. I bought him today. <laughs> Tomo's really on it today. But mm. in, in, I'm just observing. In the, my perspective back in 2011 was like the worst of the worst was happening. Um, people you know are being affected by the death in Afghanistan and it's not that like I said at the start it's not the death that annoys you it's the forgetting mm. and almost like it just didn't count it didn't matter it didn't matter it didn't count because there's something else going on back here so cheers lads crack on distraction but lack of respect it just seemed like that mm. it seemed like that and I'm sure that day or the next day his name would have been mentioned, but I, I can't imagine it would have been in this big 
way they usually did it. It had been in a flitting manner to say, oh, Marine so-and-so has been killed, James Wright. Um, by the way, back to the London riots. And that's the way we perceived it, which then changes attitude. Attitude then can make cataclysmic mistakes, especially on the front line. You have to become grounded, and sometimes it takes something to remind you. The little girl's face for me was enough to go, mate, stop fucking worrying about what's going on at home. You've got no control over it for a start. Worry about what you can do and how you can be the most effective cog right now. I feel like you're telling me, despite everything that's in the media, all the news, this whole COVID pan- global pandemic and everything that's so spooky and scary and, and big about it and all the stats that were being thrown at us, you're kind of sort of saying, focus on you. Because there's a lot of noise out there. Just focus on yourself. You know that... Um, you because know, that's the best way to focus on the world, right? Exactly. And and you know the World, world War Two poster of... Is it King... Excuse my history. King George... The... Pardon? The... Uh, the King George? Fifth. Fifth, yeah. Yep. In World War Two. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry. See again. Ill-educated history. Um, <laughs> i got a C in history. That's another story. I got D. I'll tell you what, inspiring people. My i got a Although although he's bought nothing so far, he's bought King the Fifth. <laughs> King George the Fifth. He didn't even say the whole thing, he just said the fifth. And yes, who let us through second world war was King the Fifth. Oh, it's gonna make a really serious point as well. But that there's that poster of him pointing saying your country needs you, doesn't mm. it? And yeah, we're not in wartime. But we're fighting our own war on our own shores right now. And and it does take us to be accountable as an individual. Yeah. And accountable, I think, is not Ness- I, th- I think what the government is saying, I think the statement's fine. I think stay alert, stay safe, stay alert, because it's common sense. So wear your face mask. Don't go out if you don't need to for now. You know, do well, let's do this in stages so we can fight the figures down and flatten this curve till it goes off. Correct. And that takes just, doesn't even take intelligence, does it? It just goes, right, I need to do the right thing. Here's my space. Um, and so that is that idea of accountability that your country does need you at the moment. You know, if you want to go to the countryside, if you want to walk in public places, well then, yeah, go and do it. But just make sure you do it within the remit of the rules. Don't travel too long or don't go near people or don't piss other people off. You know, play your part. Play your part is the biggest thing here. And I think that takes me all the way back to seeing that girl's face was, if I just play my part here, she has a good day. The lads here play their part. We, we do something for this village and we can sleep easier at night country can do what it wants we'll come home to that another time i i think one of the massive uh, important things here is how much we're actually allowing you know we've spoken about this before in a previous podcast but how much we're allowing in again um around the world you've got everything that's happening like to your point later earlier is, you know there's so much going on but what benefit is us trying to fix that or have a, a major a different opinion on it but, you know how good is that actually making us feel and this is this is who we've got to look after right now is us if we look after us we can look after other people by looking after us um and i think that is absolutely crucial that if you if you we were on the battlefield okay and you know we're into a tour and we've got seven guys lost and we're repeatedly telling each other every single day uh seven people have died now um, this is how bad it is. Or we keep replaying it in the news. We keep seeing um, videos of people getting trauma treatment on the tables in, in Camp Bastion, getting mended. If we were watching that 24-7, do you think we would be able to operate to the high levels we could in war? We have to check how much we're letting in here because that absolutely has an immediate impact on our ability to cope. Mm. 
And there is a time, this is the most important thing, there is a time for remembrance. So on the 11th of November, every single year, we remember because it, we know that we, yes, it's emotional. It's emotional for me. I know it's emotional for Ben as well and probably many, many other people. But it's an emotional time where you reflect, you remember and you say, right, I'm going to close that chapter off because I know 11th of November every single year, I'll remember my friends, Dickie and everybody else that's passed since all of the four people, four guys last year that Ben and I personally knew who had taken themselves to suicide. There's a time to remember them and there's a time to fight for them fighting what's happening in this situation right now what benefit is that to everybody else that's quite badass because you're essentially saying there's a time to reflect on all of this now is not it no no in my opinion yeah i'm not asking anyone to buy that but that's that, my opinion but that's due to a mindset as well that's mindset, so that definitely. you can do your job right correct which is playing a part think with clarity yeah that's what it is. It's about being able to think with clarity. This is why we talk about remove this unwanted emotion all the time because it clouds your judgment. It makes you stressed. It makes you worried. It makes you sit there going, oh, what are the stats going to be tomorrow? And then you don't sleep well and then your immune system's hit and then all of a sudden you're getting yourself into a health area of problems. Out on tour, you mentioned there's like a, a media shutdown and you can't see all these things. But what, what about now here? What are you doing? Are you not watching the news? Are you locking down on some info? I watched it. I'm happy to say I watch the news once a week. Wow, um, good for you. Oh, and you're doing that purposefully because... What's going to change day to day? Yeah. On a great scale. Yeah. Not not, not attempting to be naive about it. And the information I need to know, because everybody else is watching the news 24-7, they tell me mm-hmm. as well. To the people around you. So if there's really, really important stuff, I'll know about it because someone else will know about it. This goes perfectly to where I wanted to go next because oh, it's, um, yeah. We're working. We're yeah. back in sync. Now. You're back in it, Tamo. Um, Because I want to talk about decision making because it's like, I'm like, whether you agree with Boris or not is irrelevant, but there are some things that are, you might not be that happy with. And at the end of the day, in your own lifestyle, i.e. thinking about your kids going back to school or what you want to do, what you don't want to do, you know, a lot of it is up to your own decision. How are you making your own decisions with this massive knowledge that some of it's not even verified, not even true. There's so much shit online. We don't know how to... A lot of people don't know how to cross-check news. Um, if it's on the BBC website, they believe it outright and they're not sure how do they compare mm-hmm. it. Or mm-hmm. Statistics are such a complex thing. Um, we have an absolute mass of knowledge that isn't even correct all the time. How are we going to make good decisions when we've got that mess in front of us? You're saying clear the mess away. He, you're watching the news once a week. What about you? I'm the same. Wow. As, as I, I don't I watched the news relentlessly in the first two weeks with utter worry and I think I mentioned it on the on the podcast as well because I was, I know was before, it sounds, before lockdown there yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I oh yeah I was watching it and then it happened and then mm. it, then we're in lockdown um but I was worried from I, I, and I, I'm gonna speak integrity here because I, I wasn't in fear of the virus itself um and not in a belligerent way where I was like, oh, fuck everyone. Wasn't that. I, I obviously knew the implications, but I looked directly at our family and went, my wife uh, doesn't work so she can be a stay-at-home mum and she and that's what she enjoys. So I am the breadwinner here. What the fuck happens now? Now all our work has stopped. And I did look at it from an economical point of view because that economical point of view saves my family if I fight for it. So there's ways of going economical, all what's good, who's making money off this. And then there's, no, I need to go into survival mode here to ensure that 
we're not eating fucking pasta for the rest of our lives. Um, and so that was my original point. And that's, I went straight into looking at the press. I was like, what's happening? Look at the figures, look at the figures. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I said to you before we uh, we went into lockdown, I went, it's going to affect us, it's going to affect us, worry, worry, worry. And then I remember Tomo saying, chill, if it comes, it comes. Let's just be as prepared as we can be. And then we made decisions with our own business. We then looked at how you know we're going to run our families and, and our own personal ways. As soon as I cut that media out, I felt so much better for just cracking on and then being proactive rather than reactive. And and one thing I'd like to say here, because anyone who's listening who's been directly affected by COVID-19 and may have lost family members, is n- us watching the news is not neglecting the lives lost. The lives lost is, I think, as raw to him and me as it is to anyone else who, who is experiencing this, because we know just what it feels like to lose people and it kind of feels forgotten. So we, I, I would say that I have every single person, I can tell you the number, I can tell you because it's a horrific number now, I can tell you the number of people which have been lost, but they are in my mind to ensure that I am accountable to the decisions I make during COVID-19 and I ensure I make the correct decisions within my own personal space. Playing devil's advocate, could you be in danger of playing the sort of ignorance is bliss card there? No, I'm playing ignorance to the news. Mm-hmm. So my mind doesn't come filled with it. Well, I know the rules now. I know what we have to do. You only have to Google it to say, you can go and do this exercise. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. I think we are so all well versed in what's happening with the rules that you don't need to constantly keep checking. So the ignorance is bliss is non-existent. You know, we went into this. We um, have been given our guidelines. We are now in some sort of phased operation to come out of it. So we follow those phases guidelines and we do not break the rules. That doesn't mean you need to fill your head with shit. You're right. Also, I feel like being commandos, you're both very disciplined in listening and being doing as you're told. But equally, I think a lot of people are maybe ingesting more information and wanting to read more and stuff because they don't necessarily trust the the line that we're being given. Yeah. Again, though, this is down to the personal um, point of view. You know, I... I like you said, I know I'm a disciplined character. I know Tom is a disciplined character. I know our families are disciplined and we will do the right things. Um, maybe people have to make their own decisions. So I won't sit here and go, don't watch the news, do this and remember the rules. You, If you want to read the news and you want to let the information in, we'll do that. You know, be careful of your sources, understand the situation, try to uh, disseminate between fact and fiction. Uh, and yeah. Do your bit. Don't overwhelm yourself. That's the biggest thing is you've got to make your decisions that's not going to crunch you in the head as, as much as you think How it is. How can you tell? Because obviously I I'm I quite like the information. I like to read about it. I give mm. myself probably an hour every morning where I'm just checking news from different countries and stuff like that. I, I'm sure people will argue us going, you're commandos, don't you recce and have all the information to hand and constantly seek information? You could argue the point as much as you want. Uh, as in not you but anyone which comes at this situation says well we need to know more i'm talking about personal preference if you want to watch the news and you want to know the exact update of figures across the world every second that's your personal preference and that's how you deal with the situation the original point is do your bit do your bit is the (coughs) personal accountability and realizing that you can be the efficient cog within the big machine i think another part of it is now with the internet and social media the information is endless like you could sit online for the next, you know, six years reading the information. It's n- never going to end. So you have to put in place some of your own boundaries. 
in the first two weeks of COVID-19, the hashtag had like quadrupled any top scoring hashtag ever. Wow. It was the most hashtag thing that's ever been within two weeks. So yeah, so just wanted to go on then, mate. No, I was gonna I was gonna say I think, you know, from from a perspective from the environment you know the, the world which we came from we had originated uh, in the second phase of our life being a commando you're consistently conducting in any action that you do uh, meaningful action you're always conducting dynamic risk assessment every single time whether that's for a training exercise whether that's for a movement of goods logistics or whether that's actually a purposeful action in terms of a warfare you're consistently conducting dynamic risk assessment define dynamic risk assessment for me so dynamic risk assessment is is rapidly looking at the situation and say right what do i need to understand about this situation this scenario this environment in order to reduce the level of risk to myself or indeed the section or the troop or whoever's moving through it you know what you're always attempting to do is prevent loss of life so you're consistently looking at it what causes loss of life where we can make these we can put in these measures to prevent that happening um we can put in these measures to prevent whatever else happening but consistently conduct i'm always conducting dynamic risk assessments therefore when you go back to checking the news every single day you're now going into the weeds of you know how much information is over information that you then start to overthink the actual risk assessment risk assessment itself whereas you know what the base level knowledge is i need to socially distance i need to not cough in people's faces you know i need to wear a mask all of these types of things right okay that is that for now but until the overarching strategy changes because everything if you think about things like this strategy is the thing which is you know week by week Mm. month by month strategy doesn't really change it really even changes week by week but it really even changes day by day those are kind of tactics and in the military we always can argue tactics oh i should have gone left flank in or I should have gone right flanking. No, I popped smoke and went straight up the middle. Whereas the reality is, is you understand the battlefields, you understand the scenario that you're working in, and then make the precautions. You, the commander, you have to self-lead through this. You have to lead yourself first. We have a model, and the first part of that model is individual leadership. If you have the inability to lead yourself, then you will not stand a chance leading anybody else. There's a, a got a great little. There's loads of little quotes that obviously come out of military life, etc. There's a great one called Call It On The Ground, where Mm. you know you can't make a decision until you're there and then in the spot. You spend sometimes days, if not weeks, planning certain operations, you know, and going through what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. Um, And we always have um, QBOs, so quick battle orders, which you can call then and then on the ground. you also plan for what if this happens and what if that happens and if we take a casualty what are we going to do at this situation if we then take a pow and pick someone up alive and arrest them and what do we do with them because that changes the whole formation of the way you get in and out of places so there's there's lots of stuff that gets put there in place when you're planning for operations and you go through the orders process and and you understand everyone's role but when it comes to it on the ground you've got your commander there we will go through some QBOs on the ground if you get hit by the enemy or whatever happens. It's down to the Marine to do his individual job properly, return fire, take cover, and do his bit within the section. So it's all good for the 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 commandos, uh, the commanders at all levels to give the instruction away from the battlefield. But then when shit hits the fan, every single person has got to remember what they've been told to do orders wise 
and then implement it implement it's the highest thing the the, the best thing that's what's either going to save your life on the spot or not going to save your life or even worse others around you and it's a really interesting point like away from the battlefield we were we've been doing some webinars with amongst football at the moment so we've been delivering to um people from across the Premier League, the EFL and the MLS over in the States. And uh, in the first webinar, we were talking about values of a club and how you can, how possibly, and we say possibly in a bigger way, but because uh, we believe it and we, we kind of know this is the next step, but it is values in the culture of a club going to be the next thing in up in performance. You know, we know just as, almost as much as we can about science and nutrition we will we will still go up incrementally we will still learn things along the way but it's not gonna be as rapid as it has been since maybe the 66 world cup where even kit changed to improve performance um even strength and conditioning physical fitness all these things are not plateauing but they're just uh, we're just fine a little bit along the way and we've we've kind of thought highest teams uh high performing teams perform well not just because of their ability and performance and leadership but it's the culture that they're within um and someone asked us uh at the end of this webinar i was like yeah it's all good. you're from military ingrained values etc um how do you really expect us to get values into a club um where people are coming and going all the time and and the the board sits at this level and the manager says this and the subs don't think that um great question and i understand where they were coming from uh, made quick reference to sort of Gareth and, and the World Cup and said, well, they brought in a set of values before the World Cup and there's only three or four players left in that squad and yet the values are still ingrained in what they do. Um, so it is achievable. Um, and, and and we went into this question and I found it, and, and the way I think it links to this is um, it's more about instruction and leadership is that I can tell you to do sprints. So we put it in the football way. Right? I can tell you to do the sprints. I can tell you why you need to do the sprints. I can tell you how far your sprints will need to be and why the sprints will work on Saturday. You have to do the sprint. That's it. And he was, and it was very quick to, yeah, I see the point actually. So I can tell you why values are going to work in your culture. I can tell you how they'll work. I can tell you if you do them correctly, why your team will come together. You have to do it. I can't sit here and do it for you. And that's the same as everything we're talking about right now. You know, there is speculation about how uh, two weeks ago Sunday's delivery of, of the new rules was given and politics and people did have an opinion and people did agree and people were frustrated and people didn't understand it. I get it. But and a day later, they're there and, and they're quite clear on some sort of BBC format, government format, Google website. You can find them very quickly and it's then down to you to implement them and go away and be the Marine on the ground who can pull the trigger effectively at the right moment. And I know that sounds quite a, uh, a big way of looking at it, but it's exactly that. Learn to soldier on the ground, call it on the ground. People are too near, walk in a different direction. Take your PPE with you. Stay at home if you feel ill. You know, there's so it's, it's actually really simple. It's really simple. Um, and I know there's huge knock-on effects for people who have their own businesses or who need to go back to work and all these things, but I feel your pain in that one because we're in that one together. You know, we are not sitting here going, yeah, it's easy. We're sitting here going, this is fucking tough. You have to find ways of getting through it. Mm. I think you, you can you can be in this bubble of consistent reaction, but you can always react. You, you're always reacting to something. So, you know, like, like the uh, instruction, the guidelines on Sundays, people were, were on on the edge just to react to it and go, that's 
that's bollocks. I don't understand it. Because we're frustrated too, right? Because we're frustrated. But you can, can, you've got to make that difference. You've got to make that change in your mindset from, am I going to be always someone who who is reactionary or am I going to be someone who acts and conducts action Mm. off the back of the information? And I think one massive part of what we're searching for here is we're always looking for science for the answers. We're never looking inside ourselves and saying, right, we understand what we need to do to keep safe. Okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And if I look at a situation and it looks too risky, I'm personally not going to go for that option. Yeah. I think that's an amazing point. You've just nudged something in my head now. Um, it is We're looking at science for the answers. What we're actually all looking for is the end because no one wants to experience this anymore. Every single person, without a doubt, unless you're a malicious little fucker, you're looking for the end. So everyone's looking for science for the answers because we're hoping within the answers is the end. Mm-hmm. We are the end. That The only people who can have a huge impact is us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the end. We are the ground troops of all of this. So we are the end to this suffering. Can I drop your mic? <laughs> Just drop the fucking mic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, to everyone listening, we are across socials, commando underscore mindset underscore. Follow us on Instagram. We drop lots of little things there. Make sure you subscribe, review, like, do all the good things. We'll see you next Wednesday. New pod out every Wednesday. Commando Mindset.